The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Forget the Baroness! I, Cobra Commander, have returned! Oh no! Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Gerald Wilhelm. <laughs> I don't know why I do it, but I got to do it. Gerald, keep going back to Gerald. Gerald Albrecht, codenamed Death Probe. I will get it right one of these times. This is episode 35. <laughs> Oh, at easy, DJ Cristalos, to all the green shirts tuning in for our podcast. Welcome back to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in and talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through that Devil's Due run on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles. DJ Cristalos and I are going to rotate in our special ops guest for the show. Our special ops guest is Jason Ulrich, my brother, code name Weasel Skull. Welcome back to Fort Longbox, Weasel Skull. Thanks, Gerald. I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I guess it looks like folks were in trouble. Read through this issue. Looks like the Joes are really uh, up against a wall. So they're calling in the old grizzled original Joe, just like old grizzled original Joe. I'm here to help you guys out. All right. (laughs) I'm bringing technology apparently from the Vietnam era. So I may (laughs) or may not be able to stay connected during this radio transmission. I noticed we've got some dames wandering around here in this new person's army. I wonder if one of those uh, sexy ladies could go uh, freshen up my coffee. You know what I'm saying? This <laughs> is playing the role of General Joel Colton from 1964. Oh, so, all right. Let's uh, light this candle. Uh, I'm going to sit over here, smoke my Marlboros. Came in my sea rats. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, the army wouldn't give me anything that wasn't good for me. Helps with my digestion, helps calm the nerves. Sometimes I like to go work on my car, take it apart, and put it back together. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's say we do a podcast and kill some Cobra. <laughs> All right. Jason's very old school tonight. I especially like the cigarettes at the Sea Rats joke, which landed with probably about 1.4% of our audience, <laughs> but I'm in that circle, so it was great. <laughs> Joe Thomas knows what I'm talking about, right, Joe? <laughs> We tried to have Jason on the last episode. We had the technical difficulties with the internet. Hopefully he sticks around. The question I asked Pat last episode, I'll let you answer it this time, because you've been on several times. You've told us favorite Joe's, Cobra's vehicles, all that stuff. Getting away, maybe, well, maybe not necessarily, but maybe getting away from your favorite character. Which G.I. Joe do you think just has the coolest look, like the best outfit, the sharpest look? That was the question I posed to Pat. And to buy you a little time, Pat liked Dial Tone. And mm-hmm. I actually went with version two of Storm Shadow, kind of when he joined the Joes, when he had that gray urban camo with the hood and all that i thought that was really cool so what comes to mind for you oh i don't need any time at all i know right off the bat who i'm gonna say low light oh yeah low light is cool yeah yeah yeah, baller with that he had that sniper rifle and just had like had like the cap the cap on the stock cap yeah yeah that camo cool glasses Mm -hmm. i thought low light just looked the business i like that good answer all right well let me hand it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. All right. Well, thank you, Gerald. For this mission, we'll be covering G.I. Joe issue number 35. Publisher was Devil's Due. 
Cover date was October 2004. Writer was Brandon Jurwa. Penciler Tim Seeley and Jason Millett did the backgrounds. Inker goes to Corey Hampshire. Colorist is Brett R. Smith. Letterer is Dreamer Designs. And cover art go to Tim Seeley and Sander Ra. Oh, you can nail Sander Raj, but you can't get uh, Jared. That's best. Hey, I'm sorry, Jared. <laughs> oh. Oh, was that right? I was also a previews exclusive cover by Seeley, Hampshire, and Smith. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. All right, for the standard cover, it's a simple showdown cover. It's basically headshots of Wraith and Snake Eyes sort of staring at each other like at the beginning of a boxing match, like it's about to go down. It's got a cool orange splatter effect in the background too, but other than that, there's not much more to it. That's the cover we'll be discussing here. Although I will say the previews cover is pretty cool. It's a kind of similar showdown cover, except Wraith has snuck up behind Snake Eyes and tried to slit his throat with one of his little arm knives, but Snake Eyes is blocking it. With his katana, both covers are pretty cool. But let's go back to cover A with that showdown face-to-face orange splatter background. That's the one we'll be chatting about. Back to you. All right. Let's go ahead and find out what we thought of the cover. And we'll start with our guest, old grizzled himself, Jason Old, the weasel skull. (laughs) I'm old. I'm old, Jason. No, I really like this cover. Like Jared said, it's simple. Uh, you just have two headshots. It really looks like the old Rocky Balboa, Rocky versus Clubber Lang, the squaring off face to face. Of course, we have Snake Eyes, who I recognized right off the bat. And coming in new to this, I didn't know who the other character was. I find out later that it's this Wraith character, and he's actually pretty cool, and he looks cool on this cover. So it gets me intrigued. Anytime that you're advertising Snake Eyes going against somebody, that somebody better be able to hold up his end of the fight. And spoiler alert, he he did in the comic book. And like Jared said, I think the orange kind of splatter against those dark of snake eyes and the blue and kind of silver and white of Wraith, it just pulls it all together. And it looks good. You know, it's not a big action pose cover, but it promises that if you open this thing up, you will not be disappointed. And that's what I look for in a cover. Is it going to pull me in? And this one did. Very good. Jared, what's your thoughts? Oh, man. Very well said by Jason. Yeah. So echo what he said. Another tip of the cash to Sundaraj, who did the coloring. We haven't seen him color a cover before. That's a new name on the show. And you know what? It's noticeable. And it's noticeable in a good way. And nothing against the previous colorists. They're all great. But he definitely brings a unique look. You can tell it has a different color feel than the others. But like Jason said, it's really good. He does, you know, a lot with a little. Our old friend, the color wheel, tells me that blue likes to bounce off of yellow or orange. And so he clearly said, okay, I've got a lot of black and white. I have one blue lens. What color is going to pop that the best? Orange, especially on that dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good job. Yeah, just a, a great cover. Much like, well, it's not a lot like Last Issue's cover. Because Last Issue covered for the audience reminders out there was Hawk in the wheelchair. But it was also... The commonalities there is color work is important to both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a super action-y cover, but it's also a memorable one. Because, again, you glance at this and you go, oh, this is the one where Rafe and Snake Eyes finally meet to square off. Agree. You're right. We haven't heard much f- from Sunder on this one, Gerald. 
So, you know, I took the time to make sure I would say his name right. I would That's take the time. Nice you know, I thought it was important that I would do his name right and study and how to say it. But you're right. The color, the orange, the blue pop so good. And this reminds me of an older cover where we would see Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow kind of facing off in this kind of a, a look. So you knew something was going to go down when that happened. And there is something that goes down in this one. Mm-hmm. Looking at their mask and all that, very detailed on the masks as well. Oh, yeah. They're great headshots. All right. Well, speaking about the headshots, let's go ahead and rate this one on a scale of 1 to 10 flight points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect, and you should make this a recruiting poster out of it for boxing masters. (laughs) Let's go ahead and check in with our grizzled Jason, the Weasel Skull. I'm going to go with an 8 on this one. Although it's not one of my absolute favorites, I still think, to Jared's point, this is memorable. Definitely well above average, so I'll go eight. Jared, where do you stand on this one? I think I'm with Jason. I think it's a real solid eight for me. I would agree with you, too. This is another good eight. I think what I like about it is that orange just really makes this one pop. Oh, it does. It's really good. All right, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis. In our mission brief. All right. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we're going to mix it up a bit. We're going to have DJ Cristados pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will it be Joe? Will it be Cobra? Spin it, DJ Cristados. It is Joe. Woo. Woo. Two Joes in a row. row. What do you know? Here we go. Look in the eyes of a hero. And see the sacrifice within There's no way out for the hero He only lives to fight again A hero says all not for fortune or fame Protect freedom cause we all just wanted the same Real heroes don't give up As of last issue Snake Eyes made a clutch of Roblox were sent in to help extract Mirage's team in New Moon, Arizona, and that's where things went from bad to worse. The extraction team was shot down. Mirage's team of three green shirts is now down to one wounded green shirt, and the other two were KIA. And Major Blood, Scrap Iron, Wraith, and a whole lot of Cobras are trying to kill all of our Joes. While all this is going down, Kamakura is trying to get General Hawk to snap out of his depression. He's paralyzed from the waist down and help the Joe team, they need leadership. Meanwhile, back in New Moon, the Joe team does pretty well, with the notable exception of Snake Eyes taking the rare L to Wraith. But don't worry, Roadblock saved his bacon. Wild Bill brings air support at just the right moment, and the team is saved until Major Blood does the unthinkable. He clicks a detonator, and the entire town of New Moon is leveled, killing thousands of civilians. Turns out that under Destro's leadership, Cobra's got more savvy, especially about PR. Cobra has leaked doctored footage of the New Moon incident, making it look like an overzealous Joe team just leveled an American city. Acting G.I. Joe Commander Joe Colton is doing his best to save face for the Joe squad, but it looks like his superiors are going to hang him out to dry. Oh, and Mirage reminds his only remaining green shirt, Stahl, what a terrible soldier he is. Oh, and the Baroness is pregnant with Destro's child. Now, back to G.I. Joe. All right, we're coming back for the highs and lows on this issue. And unfortunately, uh, the Weasel Skulls Vietnam era equipment did not last through this uh, episode. He's been having some internet issues lately. Hopefully he gets those figured out. So he had to drop, but 
Your old pals, DJ Cristados and Gerald Albright, are here to walk you through the highs and lows of the issue. And there's a lot to talk about. So, Pat. Yes, Gerald. What do you think? High, low, what the round one. Let's go. You know, this was another good issue for this one to two series story that's going on here. Mm -hmm. And I like it. What I like about it is you have two different leadership stuff going on. You have the leader that is struggling with Hawk, and then you have the leader in Mirage, who's kind of also struggling, but I think he's doing a lot better in leadership with his only green shirt that he has left and trying to continue to kind of just keep him motivated and just keep him in the now right now to say, you know what? We just got to focus on getting out of here. Mm -hmm. Everything else, let's not worry about until we are out of here and just let's get home. And I like that. I like that comparison. Definitely. The micro story of Mirage and this green shirt named Stall, which started in the last issue, you can go back to that episode and check it out, is definitely an interesting one. I feel like, and <laughs> I think we've talked about our previous episodes, I haven't read these since they were new on the shelf, so I don't know mm -hmm. for sure, but I feel like they're setting up Stall to maybe become a villain because he's not done well oh, okay. in the field. Mirage has let him know that. I think he even said, I'm recommending you not be a part of this team. Yeah, at the and, end. He, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if the story ends there, but I'm like, man, as a, as a small-time comic writer myself, that is a thread I would probably pick up because Stahl would be just bitter enough to go join Cobra and know a lot about the inner workings of Joe. Yeah, he was ready to pull a gun on Mirage in the van. I was like, wait a minute, man. You need to just, you need to get, Orsted needed to just get in there and just, hey, wait, wait, man. Hey, man. We just got to find the daylight and let's just head for that and we'll be all cool. This is a pretty sweet van. <laughs> you know? gotta like the things that are surrounding you, man. Relax. It's protecting you. This van is protecting you, man. Just kind of chill and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's missing the nice couch and the carpeted walls, but we can we can put it up, man. We can yeah, put let's trick out this van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways. What else did you like? Oh, man, there's a lot to like. I liked them using Kamakura, who's yeah. a relatively new character. You know, he really, I think the first time we ever see him, it was an issue one of this series, but like he's new to this series and they've really kind of established him to, because to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to get existential here for a second and I'll come back to the book. But when I look back on this devil's do run, which has been incredibly good, we've mm -hmm. sung its praises. Like a lot of Joe fans skipped over it and they shouldn't have. It's really good. When I look back on this run, what new characters am I going to remember? And just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Kamakura and yeah. probably Rafe are the two characters they really kind of introduce and push. And it's still weird that Rafe never got a figure. Kamakura did. They use him in this uh, issue to great effect to him basically trying to help Hawk along, which is I feel like they've kind of promoted him. Like, remember when he was the new ninja and now mm -hmm. he's counseling General Hawk like he's basically almost to General Hawk's inner circle, which I think is. Interesting. Adds a lot of validity to the character. I love the moment when Hawk is laying in the hospital. He just took his meds. He's laying down, but he's still such an old and good soldier. He knows his surroundings. Somebody else is here. And he even looks in the corner. It's nothing but pure shadow. I love the artistic way. Yeah. Said. And he's like, 
so is there something I can do for you, Kamakura? Like, not only did he know someone was in the room, he knew who it was, it was yeah. without really having to even look. Which was cool when he said that. I'm like, wait a minute, who's there? And then, oh, they've got the ninja skills, just kind of. <laughs> but it's great. It's kind of cool. Like, Hawk's been around it for so long with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow that he's he's got a certain yeah. set of skills, too. I think that's really neat. Yeah. I think that is another good part of the story that's going on is you have the the new team, the new blood coming in and, you know, regenerating the old blood as well, too. Yeah. And just and just coming in and saying, you know, hey, we need you. You know, you are a big part of the Joes that we need you back. And the team is really falling. They're falling apart uh, without you helping them, you know, and, and the sad part is. Two is even towards the end where you have Duke going, you know, I was hoping that he was going to come in and come and talk to us after they, they all were kind of gathered together at the end of the issue and all the stuff's going down around them and that they just got basically that video was of them, you know, just being the whole cause of the destruction of new moon mm-hmm. do going like well what are we going to do usually we have hawk to look to this yeah, to, usually you know. hawk walks in at this moment yeah and they've got three good leaders there. they got flint they got duke general joe colton's there but it just shows you that hawk has that little extra something mm-hmm. and that scene with him and kamakura i think is particularly good too because as you know i teach leadership and i love yes. teaching emotional intelligence and hawk is just he's yelling at him He's being very emotional. And Kamakura, the young, scrappy one, is the one with the emotional intelligence being level. He's he's basically being Orsted. Yeah. Hey, man, I get it, man. But he's also very firm with him. He's like, this is what you need to do. I'll be outside when you need me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready to go. And Hawk's like, you don't know me. You know, what do you want from me? And Kamakura's like, you know what you need to do. I'll be outside. <laughs> ready. Like, just to really neat sort of change of perspective where the younger person should be the hothead and the older person should be the emotionally intelligent one. But due to his extreme situation, it's flipped. And I thought it was neat. And I thought it was good use of Kamakura. I do too. And I think, you know, like you said, he was told to be there to kind of watch over him, but I think they chose the right person to be there to watch over him and, you know, and be there for Hawk. What do you think about the fight between Snake Eyes and the Wraith? Yeah, let's get to the main event. That's what I was about to ask you. They definitely were building to this over the last few issues. They made Wraith to be the big tough guy, the baddest of the bad for Cobra, basically because Storm Shadow is kind of missing from the equation. I remember like a few issues ago, Storm Shadow is basically like, my body's tired, my soul's tired. I just don't want any part of this anymore. So they kind of needed a new foil for Snake Eyes. They introduced Wraith and they finally square off on this one. And Wraith basically beats snake eyes which Mm -hmm. legitimizes him as a villain now of course wraith needs his tech to do that i feel like if wraith doesn't have that suit it doesn't happen yep i agree Uh, with that but otherwise i mean it was a good looking fight i have one other thing to say about what i want to just run my mouth i want to hear your opinion i thought it was a decent fight too and i think that's what i was looking forward to is you have snake eyes who's all ninja he's all He's like the superhero. He's like the Batman, right? He, he's basically the Batman because he Batman. doesn't have all this tech or whatever. He, he's just him and his ninja skills that are taken to a, uh, the next level. But now you're going up against a guy who's got technology that can just either blast him or just you know slice him with something 
techno wise and he's just amped up with this super power that wraith has to see them kind of battle together and go toe to toe was interesting yeah yeah wraith has probably got the edge but i think snake eyes still got his even though you got the greatest and best technology you still can't beat you know the old school simplest way of doing something Definitely, definitely. And the thing I wanted to bring to this was, I wonder if you noticed this as well. So not only do we have Wraith essentially replacing Storm Shadow, but I want you to think back to the original run of G.I. Joe. I'll put your mind all the way back to issue number 24. So I'm pretty sure it's a Beatty Zek cover. And who took on Storm Shadow in issue 24 and won? Because you have Storm Shadow, who's like the ultimate tough guy that no one can defeat except maybe snake eyes but somebody else defeated him in 24 and it was the same guy that saved snake eyes from wraith in this issue uh-huh. remember the cover of 24 roadblock is tackling storm, storm- Shadow from behind oh, yeah, 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 commander yep. flies okay. off yeah it's the winter yep the on the hill yep yeah no, i remember that one i'm so trying I thought, to think i, thought, like, I was like is that an intentional like callback ah, to that's a good one the time roadblock defeated storm shadow and now he basically, def- uh, I mean, it was a surprise attack, but he saved still, the day. Yeah. yeah, still saved Storm. Yeah, because Snake Eyes was just laid out to where, you know, he had that knife. It's like, dude, you got to just don't talk about what you're going to do. Just do it. that few seconds of being yeah villain. Yeah. You know? He went all the way as a James Bond villain, had to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> his yeah. victory. You know, he could at least hurt Snake Eyes, took him not completely out, but hurt him pretty well that he'd take a while to come back again but no he had to be talking <laughs> i just was roadblock and use the other end of the 50 cal because roadblock just wham right over the head with the 50 cal and then while the guy's down he wham he hits him again <laughs> he's down. Yeah. clutch has got to tell him okay that's what uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, i think you got it man <laughs> but i mean clutch was wrong he should have let him go one more time because that was what wraith needed to get away but man i love the drawing like the anger in roadblock's face like you're messing with my boy you know yeah i'm like man i just wish you'd flip that 50 cal around and just punch a bunch of holes in that dude when you had the chance because <laughs> that's cool body armor and all that but it ain't stopping no 50 cal especially in that range <laughs> and it makes me wonder you know is, okay so if he can go stealth like that snake eyes has still got to be able to kind of find him Oh, yeah. If he was around. I, would, I mean, know. we all know in the wonderful world of comics, you got to square off against that new villain. You got to take the L. And then the second time you find him again is when you, you take prove that much like the Karate Kid, that you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the other thing that happened in this issue. Well, there's two Rock. more bombshells okay. to talk about. Which one do you want to start with? Well, the stones on Cobra and Major Blood to destroy an entire town. Oh, yeah, that is true. I was like, wow, man, they killed like a bunch of people, basically pinned it on G.I. Joe using that information warfare, which is so prevalent, uh, especially these days. Not even so much back then. You know, they didn't have the proliferation of social media back then. But now it's like, yeah, man, they're just. They spun the story. Cobra got the story out first. Hey, the Joes, these overzealous Joes destroyed this whole town, you know? And it doesn't even matter if it's the truth or not. It takes a long time to overcome that initial impression. So Destro's playing for keeps, man. Do you think that was the whole setup of this? Yes. They had New Moon as a base of ops. Mm -hmm. If they felt like they were going to lose that, then, yep, 
and the plan all along was like, well, what use can we make of it? Well, we can destroy the whole thing depending on G.I. Joe. So whether that was plan A or plan B, I don't know. Yeah. But it certainly has rocked the foundations of the support, you know, Washington support, the public support. Mm -hmm. And like I said, now more than ever, they need Hawk, who is kind of born to manage those kind of crises. And he's Mm -hmm. not there. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. At first, I'm like, oh, you're just blowing up, you know, a few blocks or whatever. But then later on, you find out that it was, no, it was everything to cover themselves up. And I think the Joes being there was just the icing on the cake for them to help to take the Joes down more. Yeah, got to give it up to Destro's leadership of Cobra. He's maximizing every situation right now for Cobra's benefit. And that's what he does, you know. That's Destro. He's a businessman. He is looking at his gains and his losses, and he's going to calculate the best that he can to make sure he comes out ahead. And speaking of Destro's gains, let's get into bombshell number two. Oh, yes, let's. The very end of the book, Scalpel, the Cobra medical tech, who I still think we should be renaming him Swizzle Stick. And he should Swizzle Stick. Swizzle Sticks in that, instead of medical instruments on his chest. Reveals to Destro that the Baroness is pregnant with his child. Thoughts? Dun, dun, dun. I was surprised on that one. I was like, I was thinking he was going to come back and go, oh, you know, she's got some mental issues or something going on. But no, she is pregnant with his child. And his son was listening outside of the room. So that's going to be some interesting development as well, too. Yeah, Alexander listening on that doesn't look excited about it. Doesn't look excited about being a big brother. So I don't know, man. What levels and layers are to come? It is interesting. She's going to have a child, and I like that development. I think it's good path for this to go down, as you know, this is the older and Joes that you know their life changing. So interesting if we'll start to see some Joes having some kids. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, this definitely um puts the layers in there. It's weird to think of like. Destro is Alexander's father, and now he's about to be a father to a new baby. And Alexander's got to be early 20s? 20s. I'd say, yeah. Uh, Maybe 20s. 24 years old? Yeah. That's a big age gap <laughs> between him and baby brother. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting times are upon us. They've thrown in that soap opera element. What an exciting issue. I was thinking he was going to come back like she's got a plant on her or something like, you know somehow she got a plan on her yeah yeah yeah. she got something on her right now but you know i was thinking oh she's a traitor kind of playing both sides or with cobra commander too and yeah it'd be interesting anything else to talk about man i think we covered it all there's a lot going on in here i mean we didn't talk about the art team which was killer as usual yeah the only other thing i guess i'll mention is i liked and they they revealed this last issue but we didn't comment on it I always did kind of like Clutch's redesign. You know, Clutch's original figure was really generic, like all the yeah, original ones. You know, the green. green. So now they've got him in sort of a tan, more of a, you know, he's got his driving, his leather driving gloves on. He's got his side burr. He still looks very like, you can tell it's Clutch, but he's got a really almost a complete redesign. And I think that speaks well with redesign when it's almost a complete overhaul, but you just look and go, I bet that's Clutch. You know, hey, yeah. you're right. <laughs> Definitely. Like you mentioned, too, the art in this is fantastic as well. That splash page of Wraith just wham, punching Snake Eyes. The Snake Eyes just falling back like that. 
that's a cool picture. Definitely, the energy that they brought to all the fight scenes were was outstanding. But yeah, that's it's. We've talked a fair amount, but there's a fair amount packed into this issue. And with that, I'll hand it back to you, DJ Cristados, for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same one to ten flag point scale we used earlier. So, Jared, one to ten for this issue the climax of the two-parter man i gotta tell you i gave last issue the setup issue an eight and i think this one really delivered with a good action scene Mm -hmm. a couple of bombshells like almost literal bombshell of the destruction of new moon Mm, cobra spending that to their benefit and then of course the general hospital style revealed the pregnancy (laughs) of of the baroness so i'm gonna bump this one up to a nine i think this is a nine issue for me and and the completion of the you know stall is not a great soldier mirage has to take care of that storyline as well and the kamakura i mean goodness gracious yeah there's a there's a lot i'm giving it a nine pat i i I won't rehash the whole thing but there's a lot in here it's a nine i'm going to agree with you as well too Uh, again just the continued story development that is going on in this one i think jura is definitely he knows the stuff with the joes knows how to weave a good tale with them i am wanting to read on now again you got me again i want to read the next issue i find out is it baby what's going on with that just how are the joes going to get out of it is hawk coming back what's happening i i want to know the artwork was spectacular as well too so i am full in on a nine yes good story arc well we have the story out of the way and now it's time to figure out in this issue who do we want to award a silver star medal for gallantry in action or a silver snake for sneaky snakeitude So here's where we get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky snakes. Jared, hmm. what hell are you giving out for this one? Or maybe we got the same one. Lots to choose from here. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Last episode, I gave a silver snake to Destro for handling business. That has not changed. He is still handling handling business and one step ahead of gi joe the entire way and now he's gonna be a proud papa i'm giving it to destro two episodes in a row oh Ooh. I, I, when was the last time we saw a cobra running this well this efficiently <laughs> true. true i am going to give a silver star to kamakura i really like that part yeah i came really you close to give it to him too yeah i had to he could have gave it to the Wraith for just, you know, kind of doing what he did, but for Sneaky Snakey on this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, def- essentially defeating Snake Eyes is pretty noteworthy. Yeah, but I'm going to fall on Kamakura. I think he stepped up in his, I don't want to say, I guess leadership or just his, he stepped up. Because I remember earlier on, he was being played or at least characterized as, you know, hey, I'm new and I'm, you know, I don't know what everything all, but I think he's starting to come around. Yeah, I think I remember back then he was basically Snake Eyes' guy. And yep. I think Hawk didn't like that. I think he was like basically kind of a rogue yeah. that Hawk didn't like. And clearly that has bridged over time. Because mm-hmm. while he was emotional, Hawk listened to what he had to say and treated him 
like a, like a real Joe. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. So it was worth it. You can definitely see Kamakura's maturity from the earlier issues coming through here. Definitely. Now that we've handed out our Silver Star and Sneaky Snake, let's go ahead and head on over to Death Probe's Toy Chest with Jared. What's in the Toy Chest today, Jared? It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. This is the segment where I take something or someone featured from this issue and give you that brief toy history on it. And to answer your question, Pat, let's talk about G.I. Joe. And by G.I. Joe, I mean the original G.I. Joe, Joe Colton. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, fighting man from head to toe. On the land, on the sea, in the air. G.I. Joe, attack! Boom, boom! G.I. Joe, take sail! Bam, bam! Terrific battle! Terrific equipment to have a battle with. When you get G.I. Joe and the authentic G.I. Joe equipment, you'll have the greatest realism, the greatest fun you ever had in playing soldier. Box after box of authentic uniforms and equipment so you can change your G.I. Joe soldier into a camouflage marine ready for battle, a Navy frogman with complete scuba suit and inflatable life raft, an Air Force pilot with high-altitude helmet and air vest, Get G.I. Joe and get G.I. Joe equipment so you can set up exciting battle action whenever you want. Remember, only G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe. All right. Interestingly enough, the very first Joe Colton, which every time we do on the show, I'm talking three and three quarter inch. So we're not going back to 1964 for the 12 inch, but the first three and three quarter inch from the 80s toy line, if you of G.I. Joe Joe Colton. He was actually in O2, a first lieutenant, far from being a general. And he was referred to as the G.I. Joe XO. And for those of you not in the military, that means executive officer, which generally means most colonels or above, uh, sometimes even lieutenant colonels, if they have a high command, will have what's called an XO. And XO is the officer that basically helps them with their day-to-day operation. Okay. He's kind of the right-hand man. And it's usually a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, maybe a captain as as an XO. And usually that means that that officer is being groomed to maybe one day themselves be a general or a colonel. Uh, I've had some friends that have been XOs. I was never an XO. I'm not that kind of guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was never going to be groomed to be a colonel or a general. I'm a little more uh, uh, strategic, uh, if I could put it that way, a little more hands-on, a little more battlefield than I am, you know, hanging around the office kind of guy. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, he was the XO. His specialties included combat infantry training and intelligence. So that's near and dear to my heart that there was a GI Joe, you know, dedicated training, which I dedicated most of my life to was Mm -hmm. was training and and all that. Maybe another reason why I like Beachhead, by the way, because he's always training the new guy. Uh, Your description of Joe Colton. He has the standard green fatigues with a green beret, brown boots, and a brown belt. It's very kind of... Wave one. Yeah. His accessories was a simple black machine gun. He was first released in 1994 in series 13, and he was also discontinued in 1994. He was also available for mail away for the 30th anniversary of GI Joe, which would have been 1994 because original Joe came out in 64. So uh, when he hit his 30th anniversary, he finally got a three and three quarter inch Mm. figure. He was also available in a special box set that you can get at the 1994 G.I. Joe convention if you were lucky enough to be there and snag up a General Joe Colt. Well, sorry, he wasn't a general at that point. 
a G.I. Joe, Joe Colton, who was a first lieutenant at the time. Currently, as of this recording, which is October of 2022, there are four versions of General Joe Colton or G.I. Joe or Lieutenant Col There's four versions of this guy, if you count Joe Colton as played by Bruce Willis from the 2013 film. So there's a couple of Bruce Willis-y versions from Bruce the well. movie. Okay. But this first sort of very basic Joe Colton, G.I. Joe guy, 1994 for the 30th anniversary. I like it. I think it represents the old with the new. Absolutely. That basic look. I know they ended up taking like some of the most popular of that old-timey 12-inch G.I. Joe series, like Scuba Joe and uh, a couple of those, and, and releasing some three and three-quarters of them, because I have a couple of them. Uh, some of them, interestingly enough, even though they look exactly like three and three-quarters figures and all that, were also keychains. There's like a keychain attached to their back, and I have a couple oh, of wow. those. That's weird. Yeah, I found these oddities here and there in my yard sale on adventures. But yeah, I dig it when they kind of take the 60s look and then shrink it down to three and three quarters. So you Joe collectors of the 80s like mm -hmm. us can still kind of dip our toe into the past uh, a bit. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. As always, we'll start off Combat Comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special long box Crusade video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So will these other folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Alburn Elvis. Blasted or Stashit. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jeremy L. Jim. German, Jim, German, Jim, German, Jim, German. I feel like Jim, German, too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP. Mark Ross, a.k.a. Cluck Trent. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Spreadsheets. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto if we missed anybody on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But hey, don't worry about it. Like, like Horset says, man, it's okay, man. We'll get you. Yeah, you know, man. just relax. Relax. You know, if, if you really want to let us know, just send us an email, man, and we'll get you on the next list. You know, it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Just chill. You can send an email to contact longboxcrusade.com or Orsted's Garden mm -hmm. at flowersandstars.com. <laughs> it's not a real website, man. I just made it up. Because <laughs> I'm not on the internet. <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> send me a letter, like put it in an envelope. Just put just put Orsted on it. You'll get it, dude. Yeah. 
or just go ahead and uh, you know send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com and we'll get it all straightened out either way. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, it's, it's very simple. You just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you can get all the access. I'm talking all the major access that you can at mm-hmm. the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. Come and check it out, indeed. I have to wonder how many people tune into the show just to hear Orsted's advice every <laughs> episode. And speaking of which, this is, as we've mentioned, we kind of changed our recording formats. We, we do back-to-back recordings, and this is the second of the two. So there isn't any feedback on this episode. Well, that's not exactly. I do have one voicemail to play for you on this episode. We, of course, have always invited our listeners to send in voicemails and tell us what they think of the show. Maybe ask Orsted a question. And we got this voicemail from Australia from our good friend and listener, Paul Hicks. Hi, this is Paul Hicks, um, Baron Von Beard, Beard thing, ba- Beard person, Beard, Beard man, Baron, Baron Von Beardster, no, Baron Von Beardman, Beard, Bearden. Um, anyway, just wanted to leave you a message to say that uh, I heard you wanted messages for your G.I. Joe podcast, um, so I just want you guys to know um, I don't have time to do that, so um, bad luck, maybe next time. Thank you for sending that in, and hopefully you can find time to send us a message at some point. Some point, yeah, Paul. I mean, it'd be nice to hear from you and actually get your thoughts on on something. Maybe he could have a question for Orsted. Yeah. You know, Orsted is here to help you with your life advice, everybody. But yes, thank you, Baron Von Beard-Headed Face Guy Man. And uh, hopefully he'll make have some time to send some stuff in. If you want to be like Paul and send us a voicemail, you can call at 707-532-5269. That is 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Very my beer head. Yeah. Call us. You can do an Ask Orsted question. You can comment about any of the episodes that we've done or any of the issues we've talked about. Or you can always leave a Yo-Jo and we will add you to the Yo-Jo voice stack at the end of every episode so just as a reminder if you left a comment or a question on last episode that will reflect on next episode because we are recording two back to back these days so if you do leave a question or a comment on our social medias on our last episode it's coming i assure you and if you need to know where to leave those questions or comments well pat's going to tell you in a minute as soon as i get through this this brings us to the mission complete status for this episode of gi joe chronicles the devil's due years If you want to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV shows, movie serials, and more, check out the entire Long Box Crusade Network, which is also where you go to leave those questions, comments, and feedbacks. DJ Christados, where can they find all of this goodness? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Long Box Crusade on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the podcasters that are out there. Or you can just go to www.longboxcrusade.com. You can leave comments and questions and all that kind of stuff at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube, all at longboxcrusade.com. Back to you, Jared. And if you like to chat with us online, we can be found at Acupat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Where can you be found, Jared? 
I am at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. I've got G.I. Joe goodness there. Come check it out. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode, where listener feedback will be back again. And we will cover issue number 36, The Union of the Snake, Part 1, Shroud. The union of the snake is on the shroud. There you go. I was waiting for that. Until then, platoon, fall out. Jason's back just in time to say... The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. Yeah, I, always, I always get lost where I am. It's episode 35. My no, name's Jared, I, not Gerald. <laughs> man, I think you need that organic internet, man. You know, that'll just, you know, get something to smooth those internet pipes out, you know? Yeah, man. Good fiber in the, the diet. Get that fiber. Fiber's good for your diet. diet. It's, yeah, good, for it's your good for your internet. internet. Yeah. Clears you up, man. Yeah. Things just pass, like, so simple with that. Thanks for calling Orsted's tech support, man. Have you tried, like, rebooting it? <laughs> yeah, man, you know. Try that a couple times. If, if that don't work, you know, just maybe shut it off for a little bit. Go outside and do something, you know? Yeah. Take off your shoes and your socks and just let your the, the, the bottoms of your feet touch Mother Earth, man. Just let it let its energy flow through you. Mm-hmm. I think your internet might work again. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's so important that you need to see on the internet that you can't get out when you open that big wide world of that's yeah. out there? Just go out that door, man. And it's a the WWW is for wide world of wonder, man. As in, I wonder if Jason's internet's gonna ever work. <laughs> <laughs> P.D. Devins, Paul Hicks, Orsted, Rick from <laughs> Jeff and Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I can get past it. I'm sorry. So, like, my question for this one, man, is like, I think it's beautiful that Destro and the Baroness have like, like, yeah. made new life. But do you think the baby's gonna come out wearing a metal mask, man? I, you know, that's a good question because that's gonna hurt. Yeah. And you know, do you really want him to wear a mask? Why don't you try something different this time? You know. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe not a metal mask. Maybe like, uh, you know, maybe porcelain one or something. Por- maybe not even necessarily a mask, but a, like, like a good, good facial mud mask or something. You know, I'm thinking like, you know how you put on like a little headband that has like the devil's horns, or sure. like sometimes they have stars on a spring or something yeah. like that. Maybe a unicorn horn would be cool. Oh yeah, Destro. Destro's unicorn baby, man. That's that's far out. <laughs> yeah, ooh. It'll be awesome. <laughs> why, do, why do we do this <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, that's um you know, blowing up an entire city is like That's not cool, man. It's not. It's not, not cool. Why why would you do that? I don't know? know, but I don't 
I don't think it's cool, man. Like, if you wanted to to just go to, like, a bombed-out city, man, there's always, like, Cleveland. <laughs> oh, that wasn't even nice, man. That was a slam on Cleveland out of nowhere. I'm sorry to all of our Cleveland listeners. Horstead's <laughs> kind of cranky today. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. 